Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Every couple has a moment when you realize your marriage is not perfect. Now, most recently for me, that was just the other day we were driving back from Denver and we got into an argument about a restaurant. I mean, it was a stupid thing, but it was an obvious, a very painful reminder that we are not a perfectly married couple. I guess we need another 35 years to get there. I'm John Fuller, along with my Focus colleagues and friends, Greg and Aaron Smalley. And Greg, it's, I mean, it really is dangerous. There are some couples that do pretend that they're perfect. Why is that a problem? Well, I think one, it breeds complacency. Um, it it kind of creates this arrogant attitude that, yeah, we're, we're perfect. We've got this. I know everything there is to know about my spouse. And so they, they, they end up starting to neglect one another. And it's, it's, it's inevitable. They're going to move on to other pursuits. And I'm not saying necessarily like another person. I'm just saying they're going to get more involved in work or a hobby or kids And in that marriage then starts to be neglected. They start to grow apart distance, all that loneliness sets mm-hmm. in. It, it just, and I think it comes from sort of that arrogant complacency that we've got it all together. Well, if you have a perfect marriage, this is the perfect podcast for you to listen to because Jim Daly and I talked with Pastor D.A. Horton and his wife, Alicia, and they're very honest about some of their shortcomings and what they've learned from those. D.A. and Alicia, welcome back to Focus. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we talked about that six-hour marathon argument that you had, and we'll just let people be in suspense there. If you didn't hear that, you got to listen to it. But let's pick it up today on some of the tools that you talk about in the book, Enter the Ring, that helped you in your marriage and has, uh, you know, really brought you to a much healthier place. That idea of communication and conflict as the big banner uh, you two have had those epic arguments, uh, and you've been able to make it through there. I know some couples listening right now are saying, how did you do that? And that's what we want to talk about. Tell us about the day when you were about to uh, do some marriage counseling with another couple, and all of a sudden things went haywire. I mean, it, yeah. set the, the picture, because <laughs> Gene and I can relate to this one. Sure. So Saturday uh, evening, it's in the fall time, November and it's chilly. We're living in Kansas City, Missouri at this time, and we have a couple that's coming over for marriage counseling. And Alicia has been cleaning the house. She's been making her world-famous lasagna, bread, salad, the whole nine. Kids have been cleaning, and all of a sudden, I get out the shower, get my clothes on, I'm ready, and I ask Alicia how I can help. And this is in the 11th hour. And she just looks at me and says, oh, now you want to help? When I've been cooking and I've been cleaning and I've been getting after the kids, I'm glad you got a shower. I didn't get a shower, but you got to get a shower. And she's just sitting there and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to wash the dishes and let you kind of do with your flesh. Why don't you just go get a shower? <laughs> oh, go yes. get ready. I know. Man, gloves Those are, are five on. words. Yeah, yeah. Literally, gloves. forget gloves. It you was. Then she, there. she comes right back and says, you know what? I'm sick of being in a loveless marriage. And when she said that. That was a trigger word. That, I knew it would get his attention. Just like I, the previous broadcast, I said I rebuke you. That was my thing for her. She, when she says loveless marriage, that is, that's where I go from zero to 100 immediately. So I just slammed my fist on the counter and I said, then forget it. I'm done. And I walked out 
with just jeans, my Timberland boots on, and a hoodie in the, in the middle, middle of November. The, the middle <laughs> it was November. cold outside. And you have guests coming for dinner. We have yeah, guests yeah. coming. That you're going to be counseling. That we're going, that we're to, going to be counseling <laughs> for marriage counseling <laughs> and teaching them how to have togetherness and oneness. Right. Okay, and, so and what's the next frame look like? Yeah, oh, I'm gosh. walking around frustrated, praying my outside. My kids are back home thinking daddy's gone. You know, I'm trying to console them, make sure everything's okay. Mm. Also contact the couples, tell them, hey, probably tonight's not a good night. <laughs> probably. Can we reschedule? <laughs> um, yeah, so we're literally just trying to figure out, okay, how do we talk about this, but not make this a, a knockout, drag out conversation? I ended um, up coming back to the house and consoling the children, let them know sometimes this happens. You know, they had not seen us act like that. Uh, it's not because we didn't have arguments, but it just never escalated to that degree. And them being old enough to be aware that mom and dad ain't good right now. Yeah. And so we had to let them know, no, divorce is not an option. That's not on the table. Dad got frustrated, but it's the whole day. It's not just the blow up. And so from there, you know, we contacted the family and, you know, I got to get up the next morning and I got to <laughs> preach before our congregation and I don't hide these things. So, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, man, it was a rough night last night. Walk through the passage. Then we have a meal as a we had an agape feast the very next day. And so the couple is members of our church. So they come up and say, hey, we're sorry about last night. And we said, we got to be honest with you. Right. Look, we got to an argument. She said we in a loveless marriage. I lost it. I was out walking the streets for like 30 minutes trying to, you know, tempered myself down. And they, they just, just busted out laughing. laughing. They were like, what? They were so relieved and oh, yeah. just thankful that we could just be vulnerable and real to let them know, yo, we don't have it all together. <laughs> we don't. And so I felt like that kind of helped tear that wall down yes. for them to really see us as just regular people who have regular issues did who you, need to help each other. Yeah. Did you eventually do that counseling with them? And what yeah. did that yeah, we, sound like? How did that go? We actually started at the Agape Feast. Yeah. And we started talking to them and just, you know, sharing what happened. And I don't I think we did schedule another time with them. But that point after we got up from that table, the wife came to me and said, I am just so thankful that this has probably been one of the best counseling sessions we've ever had. Mm. So thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your openness. And thank you for helping us see that we're going to be OK. Yeah. And we, we just walked them through some practical steps that we've had to develop in our own rhythm of marriage to say, right. How do we go from the point of escalation to conflict resolution? Well, they had to be all ears. Oh, they were. Oh, they were. And, a few, and a few other people were, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of the projections, I, I think a lot of us feel like we have to put out there, a, I'm, a, we're a together couple. You know, we, we have our act together. We don't have issues. Hmm. So why is that? And how many couples do you deal with that that's really the barrier to honesty and to oneness? I think there's, for us, number one, we're millennials, so we're just going to put that out there. That may encourage some of y'all. They may discourage some of y'all. But what I recognize is one of the virtues, generationally, generally speaking, we value is authenticity. And so I think in our generation, there's a little bit more of a segue to be honest about brokenness and being human beings. Right. Rather than previous generations, from what, what I've seen in my own limited understanding, is this facade that everything is all together. We got the picture, perfect family. Uh, it doesn't work that way anymore. And we recognize we're, we're not tired or we're tired of playing the charades. Like we really want to make sure that people understand Jesus meets us in our mess right. and people need to see that and realize that. And so that way, when you take down that facade, people recognize, man, if God can work on y'all, right. then he can work on us. <laughs> right. So it actually gives more hope, hope to absolutely. say Jesus is more accessible than what you think. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that's helped us help couples 
deconstruct those walls. I think of that language in Ephesians 2 where Paul talks about, you know, just Jesus' finished work. It, it just dissolved the barriers of separation that we as human beings can segregate ourselves, specifically in the body of Christ, whether it's ethnic or gender. But I think that we build these walls of self-preservation. Alicia has helped me see how I even build walls of self-preservation. But Jesus came to destroy those walls so that I can be who he wants me to be. Amen. Aaron, I think it's really refreshing to hear a couple like the Hortons be so open in their uh, challenges. You and Greg have certainly lived that way. How can we avoid getting discouraged, though? I mean, because it'd be easy to think, ah, I'm never going to get mm-hmm. there. We're never going to get there. It's always going to be a fight or, or an uphill battle. Yeah, it's just recognizing what is a perfect marriage. Is there is there really such a thing as a perfect marriage? But you get to define what does this mean for you. So for Greg and I, we've decided what our goal is, is to continue growing as individuals, growing together and growing this marriage. And so when we, we, when we come upon challenges, it's always seen as an opportunity for growth. And that's how we define it. Therefore, we can talk about our difficulties, our challenges and conflict. And it's not in any way, shape or form reflecting poorly on us because that's our goal is to grow. Mm -hmm. And so redefine what your goal is. Is it this perfect pie in the sky thing or is it that we're real? Because what we find is that by being real with what's what really goes on and we know we could we can sit with any couple and know every couple has challenges. So if you're putting on the facade that we don't. Well, it's it's difficult for people to connect. And so when we are real about what's going on in our relationship, I mean, and, and I'm not trying to sound like everything is humdrum and it's always a challenge. It's just recognizing by being vulnerable and being authentic and real, other people are going to connect with you. Yeah, that's winsome, uh, especially, I think, for a lot of 20s and 30-somethings, right? I mean, our kids, my kids are in their 20s and early 30s. And they can see through the veneer. Right. I mean, I can't yeah. pretend to have a perfect marriage in front of them. No. And who wants that? For one, I don't connect with people who sort of put that facade out there. Yeah. Because I'm like, we don't have a perfect marriage, so what are you talking about? I know one of the things that I've done with our children to kind of illustrate this point is there's a popular singer named Andy Grammer, and he has a song called I Wish You Pain. And I've made my kids listen to that, and then we've talked about it. And in basically, what he's he's singing to his children that that yeah, you know, it's not that my goal for you is just to be happy. I want you to experience pain because every time your heart breaks, it grows. Hmm. And and what I love about that is that's the right attitude within a marriage. Again, what what Aaron said is true. It's not that we're saying, oh, we have this painful, miserable marriage. We have amazing times, great times, hard times, and there are painful times. But it's it's our attitude is we're just going to spend a lifetime together growing and learning and just trying to to learn um, how to be better spouses. Because, in, in, you know, marriage is really about two imperfect people just growing together and learning as much as they can. Mm-hmm. We're never going to reach some perfect destination in our marriage, so let, we'll just have fun along yeah. the way as we grow and learn. Well, you uh, might be thinking, I want what they're talking about and what I heard D.A. and his wife, Alicia, talking about. Uh, A starting point would be the book by the Hortons called Enter the Ring, which we're making available as our thank you gift when you join the support team. Uh, Make a contribution, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift of any amount, to the ministry today, and we'll send that out to you. 
Um, it might be that a book isn't what you need. You need to talk to somebody because it's really bad. Um, you had a fight like the Hortons did early on, and you just can't get over it. Call us, and we'll arrange a time for one of our counselors to call you back. It's a free service for them to give you a call and have a quick chat and kind of figure out where things are at and get you on a path towards some uh, some resolution, some help, some healing. We have a lot of help here at Focus on the Family, and we're a phone call away, 800-A-FAMILY. Uh, we'll have the details about the book and about our counseling team as well in the episode notes. Now, the Hortons are back again next time with tips about what not to do in a conflict. And for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.